0: Welcome to the First Player Token Podcast, a short podcast for folks who enjoy playing board games with family and friends. I'm your host, Derek Bruff. In this episode, we become Scottish chieftains expanding our lands in Isle of Sky from chieftain to king. The Isle of Sky is one of the large islands off the northwest coast of Scotland. It's famous for its stunningly beautiful landscape and is the home of the Scottish clans MacLeod and MacDonald. This mountainous land, suitable for fishing and farming, is the inspiration for the 2015 board game Isle of Skye, From Chieftain to King, designed by Alexander Pfister and Andreas Pelican and currently published in the U.S. by Lookout Games. In the game, two to five players take on the role of rival Scottish chieftains trying to claim the best lands for their clans. I first played Isle of Sky back in 2016 at Tennessee Game Days. I had heard a few good things about the game online, and my nine-year-old and I were looking for one last game to borrow from the game library for the evening. We loved Isle of Sky, and I'm pretty sure I ordered myself a copy before we got home that night. It's been a popular choice for family game night ever since, and my second daughter and I would often play it when we had one-on-one time at Panera, when the teenager was out doing teenager things. According to my Board Game Stats app, it's my fourth most played game. And yet, I still haven't reviewed it here on the podcast until today. It's also the game I've played in the most different locations. That's because I love to introduce it to new players, and I've done that at game nights and family gatherings for years. Wow. You really wanted that one. Hey. Okay. <laughs> well, because you really needed a tower, right? Yeah. Yeah, I asked my tower. Oh, you got rid of the scroll. Hmm. I have so many cows. Okay, I have two cows, <laughs> but. That's why I did that. <laughs> but I have more cows here. All right, but I get first buy. First buy. Oh, my. How much is that one? Nine? No. Six? Mm-hmm. That's not worth it. I have a friend who describes Isle of Sky as Carcassonne meets Tunica. That would be Carcassonne, the classic tile-laying game we reviewed here on the podcast in episode 30, and Tunica, the Mississippi town known for its casino gambling. At the heart of the game is a bag full of square tiles, each with some combination of land types, field, mountain, and water, and various features like highland cows, farmhouses, sheep, fortified towers, and so on. As you play the game, you collect tiles to add to your territory, making sure that the new ones fit with existing ones by matching the land types on the sides of the tiles, just like the game Carcassonne. How do you obtain those tiles? Each round, players pull three tiles each from the bag and secretly set prices on two of the tiles, selecting the third tile to axe entirely. There's literally a little cardboard axe token for this purpose. Players reveal their tile prices, and then they take turns buying tiles from other players, paying whatever price the tile owner set. When each player has bought a tile, or maybe passed on buying, everyone pays for the tiles they didn't sell and adds all their new tiles to their territories. You might have a really valuable tile, and you'd be tempted to price it high so that you get that income from whatever player buys it. But if the tile doesn't sell, maybe because you price it too high, or maybe, maybe because there were other good tiles on the market, you have to pay that price that you set. You keep the tile, which is great, but you give up the coins. That's where the game feels a little like Tunica, as reading the market to price your tiles feels a bit like a gamble. I get six points. One, two, three, four, five, six And lighthouses. How many lighthouses do you have? I have one, two. Uh, two? Three, three four. four. You know how many I have? What? None. Ha! <laughs> I don't even get the two points. <laughs> so you get five. Yay. One, two, three, four, five, and you go in the lead. Ha! <laughs> well done. All right, so that's the end of round four. What makes a tile valuable? Well, at the start of the game, you select four scoring conditions for the game from a set of 16 that come in the box. Each scoring condition awards points based on the properties of the territories that the players are building with those tiles. The Scoring conditions range from simple to complex. One of them will give you one point per sheep found in your territory, no matter where they are. Another one will give you two points per highland cow in your territory, but only if the cow is connected to your castle by roads, which is another feature on the tiles. There's one that will let you score two points for every 2 by 2 square of tiles that you create within your territory, and overlapping squares count for this, so you want a kind of boxy, square-like territory as you build. There's another that gives you three points for each water area in your territory that has an adjacent lighthouse and ship, and there's one that gives you three points for each completed area, say, a mountain that is surrounded by other land types that is at least three tiles big. And so on. Again, there are 16 of these that come in the game box. The different styles of scoring conditions, with some of them focusing on the shape of your territory and others focusing on land types or features, means that you're often having to make interesting decisions about which tiles to add to your territory and where to add them. That's what drives the market, since all the players are going after the same scoring conditions. And what makes the game so replayable is that you can play with a different set of scoring conditions each time. Let's see, 16 choose 4. That makes 1,820 different combinations of scoring conditions you can play with. The Conditions are actually put in a particular order, though, and the order does matter a little bit. So I guess you're really looking at 16 times 15, times 14, times 13. That's 43,680 different ways to arrange those scoring conditions. (laughs) You really want that tower. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Can you axe that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, look, that one has a sea serpent though. What's that? It's like a dinosaur that lives underwater. You cool. see the shadow? Hmm. <laughs> That's cool. In Scotland, there's a legend about a lake that has a sea monster in it <laughs> called Loch Ness. It's the Loch Ness Loch monster. Loch Ness monster. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go on, you got the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the one with the tower. Yes. I mean, you're gonna get your tower. Yeah. If I got that other oh. tower, then I've got 15 points. Oh my gosh, you have three farmhouses. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that. And four towers. Glad I killed that. Four. You have four lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Well, would you like this lighthouse for five coins or this lighthouse for five? Points? Five coins, thank you. Nice doing business with you. totally gonna buy your tower. What?! I should have done that more. (laughs) Isle of Sky was the game that replaced Settlers of Catan as my hobby board game of choice. It has a similar amount of strategy and player interaction as Catan does, but it plays consistently in 75 minutes or less, since the game is just five or six rounds, depending on the player count. And the variable scoring conditions means that I think it's more fun to play again and again. You can also handle five players right out of the box, unlike Catan, and playing with four or five players doesn't make the game take much longer given how much of the action in the game is done simultaneously. I mentioned that the four scoring conditions that you use each time you play are actually put out in a particular order. That's because the scoring conditions aren't scored all at the end of the game, Instead, a subset of the scoring conditions are scored at the end of each of the rounds. So, for instance, scoring condition A, whatever of the 16 conditions is in that slot, will be more important early in the game, because it gets scored in the early rounds. But the scoring condition in slot D will come into play in the later rounds. This makes for lots of short-run versus long-run decisions to make as you're pricing and buying tiles and adding them to your territory. It also means the tension builds nicely over the rounds. There are also a couple of ways to earn in-game points that can sometimes swing a game at the last minute. But aside from the secret pricing phase, everything in the game is out in the open. So you're not so much surprised as you are outplayed. Now, so that's the end of the round. Now we do our scrolls and money. Okay. <laughs> so you have one, two, three, four, five, five sheep, so that's worth two points. I have one scroll. It's one point per farmhouse. I have one, two farmhouses, but look, the scroll is in a completed grass area. See how I completed that? So I double the scroll, so I get four points out of that. And now the last thing is every five coins is another point. Every five coins? Yes. Pretty good on money. I don't think it'll be enough though. Four points for you. How much did you get? One, two, three, four. You I got, got three. three points. Two, three. You did pass 50, though. Final score? Yeah, I passed 50. 51 to 59. That's pretty close. need you get to steal 50. 50, <laughs> 50 points. The Isle of Sky game box says that the game is for ages 8 and up, and I would agree with that. There's no reading required, but it's a little complex for younger players. You could, I guess, select some of the simpler scoring conditions for a kid-friendlier game. Pricing the tiles at the market phase is probably the most confusing part of the game, for kids or for new players, so you might have to jump in and provide some advice there. There are two expansions for Isle of Sky. Journeyman was the first one, and it came out in 2017. It adds player boards, so each player has their own board with multiple reward tracks to progress on, as well as a Journeyman token who travels around the player's territory. Journeyman makes the game a lot more complex and feels a bit more like some of Alexander Pfister's other designs, like Great Western Trail. I love the expansion, but it is hard to get to the table, since players need to be familiar with the base game and also ready for a heavier game. The 2018 expansion Druids is much lighter, adding some variety to the game without making it harder. There are some Druid tiles that you can buy and an extra buying phase in which to buy them. They're all kind of overpowered, so this expansion does ramp up the stakes from the base game. But I don't think it adds too much. I tend to stick with original Isle of Sky, Although I have found you can take the square tiles from the expansions and just throw them in the bag with all of the tiles from the original game. They blend in quite nicely and add a little variety to the game. Isle of Sky is, again, uh, one of my all time favorites. For the longest time, I said it was my favorite game. Um, it, I think, got displaced by Wingspan a couple of years ago, since Emily and I play Wingspan so much and enjoy it so much. But Isle of Sky will always have a special place in my heart as my number one game for many years and a game that I've played with many, many people, both friends and family. That's it for this episode of the First Player Token Podcast. See the show notes for some photos of Isle of Sky and links to more information about the game. Please take a minute to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to it. And, you know, maybe share it with a friend, too. I've been your host, Derek Bruff. Thanks for listening. Now it's time to play some games. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Not bad for your first game though yep. What'd you think? I like that game